I knew that it benefited everyone for me to accept help from someone, even if they didn't help the way that I would do it, that whatever I was doing while they were helping, the benefit of that outweighed the worry of however they were caring for the kid. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Christy Rocha, the host of the Sass Says podcast, about her journey into motherhood and how she is an advocate for mental health. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, and I also want to talk about an event we currently have going on right now. This event is for mamas who are either currently trying to conceive, are pregnant, or are in the early postpartum stage and may have some trauma in their life that they're looking to release. We go through 30 ways and 30 days of how to heal your trauma. You'll get a workbook and you'll listen to the daily mini episodes of the podcast that correspond to this a unique experience. I hope that you know that you are not alone in this and that you deserve this time to heal. If you want more information on this, please go to the Entering Motherhood website or feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And with that, let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. It's so exciting to have you here today and really just get chatting. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. I am Christy Rocha. I am the host of the Sass Says podcast. I am a mom of a four and a two-year-old. I live in New Jersey with my husband and I am an advocate for mental health and the importance and value of therapy. Awesome. Have you always lived in New Jersey? Yes. Well, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I went to college in D.C., okay. lived there for a while, and then my husband did, and I did a year in Boston, um, but I'm born and raised here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. We live in South Carolina now. Oh, so close enough. I'm, I'm sort of familiar <laughs> with Jersey, and the, the Jersey Beach is where we always vacation. Oh, uh, yeah. So, whereabouts? So we would go to uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. Oh, nice. Okay. Or um, recently, we've been going to Long Beach Island. Oh, nice. We uh, My family has a house there forever, so we're there all the time. Awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah and I'm- Small um, world. Yeah, grew up a little bit outside of Trenton, New Jersey. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. in Morris County. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Too funny. <laughs> so how did you start your podcast and what was that journey like? Yeah. So my mom is has a podcast and she's had one for six years now. And when I got pregnant with my first baby, we decided that I would leave my corporate job and work for her. So that is where I got a lot of my podcasting experience and influence. And it's been very nice to not have to reinvent the wheel in many ways. So I had a lot of experience working for her and understanding podcasting and the value and 
all the things. But I did always kind of know that it was not my forever job to work for her. <laughs> so um, actually, I was gotten to such a place where I I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I had something to say, essentially. Um, she actually gifted me a book. It's called What Color Is Your Parachute? And it's a workbook about, you know, really getting down to it about what, you know, at, by the end of it, it's, it's supposed to basically tell you what you should do. And by tell you, I mean, they take you through all these exercises so that you essentially are telling yourself. And it was so painfully obvious based on my schedule, my lifestyle, my interests, my goals in life, that podcasting could be a very good fit for me. So as far as what I was going to talk about, <laughs> I wasn't sure. But really, the more I got into my therapy journey and really the more kind of aha moments I had with it, I just thought more people need to know about this. And, you know, because I I, I have a good life, you know, I, I, my husband and I are happy. My kids are healthy. I had a job. We have a roof over our head. And childhood was like pretty normal, you know, and I was really struggling. But I, I didn't understand that therapy could be for someone like me that just needed help. I thought that you had to have suffered like one of, the, you know, the big T traumas to go. And what I know now is that trauma is in the eye of the beholder, right? So in a way, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, becoming a mom was a little bit traumatic for me. And um, combined with a lot of other life changes, we moved, as I mentioned a few times. I changed my career drastically from going to corporate America, having a set of rules to working for my mom, who's like flying by the seat of her pants. And I'm working from home very much like you are with my baby beside me and just. And unfortunately, we did lose my sister-in-law at a young age to cancer. And all this happened all around the same time. So. So, yeah, I started therapy. And where this started was your question of my podcast was just, again, feeling like wow, therapy is changing my life. And I had no idea that this was an option for me. And I'm sure there are other women out there who are struggling and don't know it's an option for them. So let me bring the message. <laughs> so. Yeah, I completely agree on that. And like you were saying, you know, there's that big T trauma that they talk about. And we all think, oh, when we hear the word trauma or traumatic and things like that, we kind of go to that extreme of, well, my birth wasn't traumatic or I don't have any trauma or what could I possibly have been through? Oh, my childhood was fine and I, you know, had this average life. But, you know, I think to some extent when we go through that transition into motherhood, our bodies have been through trauma and no matter what kind of birth that we had, you know, there has been a rapid physical change and our lifestyle has been through some sort of, you know, even if it's that little T trauma, I think, you know, we have gone through that transition and it's an adjustment for all of us, no matter, you know, how you're feeling as you're transitioning through it, it's a big change. And I think it's something that we do need to take the time to kind of sit with and evaluate and therapy has helped me tremendously work through that 
mentally and even just talking it out. So I, I definitely think, you know, what you're saying is exactly spot on and more moms need to more people in general, but like moms specifically need to kind of just see it in a different aspect, I guess, and understand it's not scary to go to therapy. It's not something that you have to be ashamed of or scared of or anything like that. I think it's something that like any thing that we have is a tool and a resource to only benefit us. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, one of the things that really kind of got me early on in motherhood was I I had such a romanticized, glamorized idea of what I thought motherhood would be. And when it wasn't quite living up to that, I immediately went to, what's wrong with me? Why am I not handling this the same way I, I can't even believe I'm going to say it now, but seeing other women on social media doing it. And like, we all know that that's a sliver of reality and it's not the full picture and who knows what's happening behind those matching outfits and smiles, right? But when you're in it and you're in the thick of it and you're new to it, it is, it's, it, it rocked me, you know, and I really felt like that transition was like, I could very clearly picture and think about who I was before, but the transition into who this person is after birthing humans, like I don't, I didn't know who she was. And I, that's scary. Like it's a total, for me, it felt like I, I totally lost myself. You know, I, I learned very quickly that I, I know now I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I learned very quickly. I, I had the feelings quickly, but wouldn't accept it quickly that being home all day, every day with my babies, like I thought I wanted is not for me. I need them to go to school. I need them to go places. I need to feel accomplished in my day. Like no one's coming home to stay at home moms and being like, good job wiping butts today. You know, like I needed those, I needed something for me. And I thought that the hustle and bustle and the go, go, go of motherhood, the never turning off was something to be admired. And I learned that for me, not only is it not sustainable, but it's not the balance that I want in my life. And I can say that very clearly now, but there was a time where that felt like I was letting myself down, letting my kids down, letting my husband down, letting down an older version of myself who thought it would be different. And it was hard to admit. Yeah. And, and I think helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think, you know, the more conversations that I have with people and motherhood and this transition and everything, I'm sure you're finding too, this is, these are very common yes. thoughts that yes. run through our minds, but we're also kind of thinking, oh, nobody thinks like this. Nobody has these thoughts. Like I'm the only one in this. So I think the more open we are about it and the more conversations that we have, you know, podcasts like yours that are really kind of touching on those topics and making women, moms, people just realize we can have these conversations. Other people are thinking these thoughts. You're not alone. And there are, are things that we can do like therapy that are beneficial. So what kind of conversations have you had on the podcast? What has your journey really been like 
since starting it compared to now. Yeah. So, I mean, when I started, I was mainly interviewing and working, quote unquote, uh, but working while my kids nap. So I put two hours a day in. And I think that's important to share as well, that transparency of, you know, where things start is not always where they end up. And and it can take time, especially if you're a mom at home with your kids, like you're trying to do everything. And I and I won't even sugarcoat that I was happy about that. I was really frustrated that I could only put two hours a day to it. But I put the two hours a day and I interview therapists. I interview coaches. I interview women like you and me who have a mental health story to share. And because I'm not a therapist and I'm not a coach, I'm just a woman. <laughs> um, and I interview anyone really with an expertise as it relates to mental health. And that you know, on a on a day to day process has now evolved into nap time. And then on Wednesdays and Fridays, both kids are in school. So or in daycare, you know, but so that but it took took like a year. It took a year to get there even. And even on those days, it doesn't feel like enough. So um, but and then on the flip side of just sort of the emotional mental evolution of the show is that I learn something every time I interview someone. I learn either a strategy or a coping mechanism, or I just learn something that rocks my world. Like I interviewed a therapist who specializes in her work with adoptees and adoptive mothers and adoptive parents. And that was like mind blowing. That was one of those like, you don't know what you don't know kind of conversations. But anyway, yeah, I, I talk to women about body image and about this balance that you and I are feeling right now of trying to pursue a passion and having people that rely on your every need. <laughs> I interview therapists and, and counselors and experts who can help us navigate our relationships through the transition of motherhood. And um, I've had some women on who talk about uh, I call it the intangible, but it just sort of encompasses like spirituality, mindset, manifestation, all the things that have kind of been on my to-do list for a decade and <laughs> need to start making time for. So I'm like, help me, tell me how to do this. Um, and really a consistent theme throughout almost every show, regardless of the specific topic, is the idea of self-care. I'm very triggered by that phrase. I felt, especially as a new mom, you know, as well-intentioned as everyone was around me saying, don't forget about you. Take care of yourself. Why don't you go get a manicure? Why don't you, you know, go get your hair cut? I just remember looking at them like, how? How am I supposed to go do those things when I have this little baby and it's just me and her and that's all I've got? And again, I didn't realize it at the time, but I definitely had postpartum anxiety. And so the idea of, sure, just get a sitter, like, no, 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 there was no just getting a sitter. And so I, I make a point of asking almost everyone I talk to, how do you self-care? How do you make it work on a regular basis? How do you do it without spending an arm and a leg? And, you know, what does it mean to you? And so I'm always, I'm always asking that because it gives me new ideas as to what I can do for myself. That's great. And so obviously, like you just touched on self-care, 
Do you feel like that was maybe the hardest thing to really focus on in motherhood? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, no one can see my face, but I just like big eye roll. Like I just, you know, we're not prepared. I wasn't prepared for that. You know, prior to having kids, self-care could mean getting up on a Saturday, grabbing a latte and going for a manicure. No problem. But it, it can't just be that. I still love those things. And when I have a chance to do them, you bet your butt I take up, take that opportunity. But when my kids are on their fourth tantrum of the day and I'm ready to pull my hair out, there needs to be a tool of self-care within that sort of day, within that dynamic. And I don't know who would teach me that, but I wasn't made aware of how important different ways of self-care, the ways that are different from you know, what we see in social media and that are marketed to us as women. That's what I've, I've really come to say is that I, I feel like self-care has become a big business and it's become a way to market to women to spend a lot of money on luxury and commodity type things. And again, I love all those things. I really do. But I can't access them every time I need self-care. I need self-care every day. And I think just to say one more thing about, you know, your question about early on, like for me, asking for help was, oh my gosh. I mean, asking for help equaled failure to me. And it's mainly because I never needed the level of help that I needed now. I didn't have the experience of needing help the way I do now. So it felt very uncomfortable to ask for it. Yeah, I think most of us, you know, kind of get to this point of independence and we're this independent woman or or person. And, you know, here we are living our life and doing the things on a whim or whenever we kind of feel like it. And like you said, being able to just go out for that pedicure or do this thing, I think then all of a sudden we get thrown into this role and we lose sight of that. And we are kind of you know, well, I was taught up until this point to, you know, be independent and be responsible for myself and take care of myself. And now here I am in this vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. Who, who do I ask to help me? Or can I ask for help? You know, you're kind of like thrown into this position where you are back in that childlike state of, you know, you need someone to assist you or be around you or to just help you in general. And it's kind of difficult for those of us, like you say, you were in corporate America, you know, working these jobs, doing these things, having this nine to five. And then all of a sudden now you're shifted into a different, a different identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go, and that's kind of what I was touching on earlier about needing a sense of accomplishment and things like that it's like there is no better example than corporate america of like oh you did good here's a promotion oh you did good here's you know your employee of the month award oh you did good here's a raise like no one's giving me a raise with these kids in fact it's like it feels very much like the opposite it feels like the more i do the like the less praise i get you know so and, and that's just me right not everybody might need that that acknowledgement and validation to the level that I felt like I did, but and I've gotten a bit over that. You know, I give myself the validation that I need these days, but you know, yeah, 
it's a big transition. And when you have kids, right, and especially a new mom, and everything about your baby feels very specific, right? Like it feels very like, this is how she eats. This is how she sleeps. And it's very, it feels scary to go off course. So to have someone help, it feels so overwhelming to have to explain all of that and then say, and oh my God, if something goes wrong, then the baby's not going to sleep for me tonight and it's going to be a whole thing and that person's going to be miserable and you feel the weight of that burden that it just feels easier to do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until you, you know, learn to let that go. And honestly, for me, having a second kid is what helped let that go because I just couldn't. You know, two's a whole nother animal. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you and you recognize that they'll be okay. You know? They'll survive. It'll be all right. <laughs> However, grandma feeds them, they're fed. Like it's okay, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that transition into two has been I don't want to say easier because it's a whole other, you know, realm of of different things. But because you have been through those things and you have realized, okay, like if I, you know, let this person hold them, even if they're not holding their head properly or, you know, this isn't quite the way that I do it, it's all the same. And like, but that is such a hard thing to I don't, I don't want to say get over, but it's a hard thing to process when you're a first time mom and all those feelings and emotions, especially if you're having anxiety or depression or some mood disorder that's really altering your perception of what is going on. And you're so heightened and kind of overwhelmed with any little change top on somebody holding your baby or or being around your baby. And I think those emotions just kind of skyrocket. Yeah. Yeah. I think the shift as you're talking, it's actually clarifying for me what the shift was. It was with my second wasn't so much, you know what, whatever they do is fine. They'll survive. It's that I knew I needed to accept the help in whatever form it came, essentially. You know, I'm not saying a stranger off the street, but you know what I mean? Like, I knew that it benefited everyone for me to accept help from someone, even if they didn't help the way that I would do it, that whatever I was doing while they were helping, the benefit of that outweighed the worry of however they were caring for the kid. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, 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 sa- I am, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm, like I said, just like letting any random person care for my kids and like, yeah, throw them against the wall. That's not what I'm saying. It would either be my husband or my mom or a babysitter that I know, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like it just, it was like, yeah, you know what? Cause I, I used to get frustrated that when like my husband would, you know, kind of take over essentially that he would put the TV on a lot. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm not watching them. I'm taking a shower. I'm reading a book. I'm working. I'm doing something. And me taking the time to do that greatly, you know, the benefits of that greatly outweigh whatever's happening while they're watching TV. Like, it's fine, you know? (laughs) Because before I'd be like, don't, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic sort of like screen time went out the window with the pandemic, but, you know, 
yeah, just the help is, is better. Yeah. So what other things do you do to kind of help with, you know, self-care or even just in general motherhood? Like what have you learned to kind of do to help with your mental health? Yeah. So, so there are, you know, just a lot of tasks in my day that are mundane and feel like I want to bang my head against the wall. And so now I, I keep a set of headphones on each floor of my house. And if I'm going to do dishes, if I'm going to do laundry, if I'm going to do any of the things that I just don't want to do but have to get done or clean up toys, a podcast is going on. I almost never do that stuff without some sort of entertainment in my ears. <laughs> and if the kids are home in a week, it's one earbud in and the other earbud on them. But it has helped me to almost look forward to doing those things because I know I'm going to either learn something through a podcast or I'm going to put Spotify on and have a little fun while I'm doing it. Uh, that's like, that's changed my life. Um, the other thing is I learned this from a therapist. Her name is Jax Anderson. She was on my show. And as far I know, movement is very good for my mental health, but there's a whole like a little can of worms that I won't open, but I've really been struggling with my body image postpartum and post-quarantine and the whole nine. But what she says that she does, and it's really helped me, is that before she moves, before she works out, she's, she says to herself, is this for my mental health or my physical health? And that, to me, just helped take the pressure off of every quote-unquote workout being the most intense thing I've ever done in my life and for the some end goal of weight loss. It was like, you know what? Sometimes I just need to do this so I can think. And so just setting that intention has helped me feel good about just moving at whatever level that is. Sometimes I'm sweating my butt off. Sometimes I'm not. And that's okay. The other thing I, I do now is I, I schedule it. I schedule time, you know, whether it's during time where my kids are home and around, I need to coordinate with my husband or even just while, you know, I, like every day on my calendar now, it's there's a little list during the nap time hours of things that I want to do. And sometimes that list looks like this. Have an interview. It looks like read. It looks like move. It looks like make lunch. Like the amount of days I just like eat whatever instead of like making an intentional lunch for myself. Um, but it helps me. I don't always do it right. And things happen, but it helps to have that visual reminder on my calendar of at one point when I jotted this down, that's what I wanted. So even if it feels a little bit crazy right now, trust yourself. Trust that you knew at nine o'clock this morning when you scheduled it that your body needed rest today or your brain needed you to get work done and get stuff off your list, you know? So those things have helped. <laughs> um, I love and that. yeah, the last thing that I, I've, I, I do that really helps is my kids are four and two. So when they are home, they still need me in the room, but I don't need to facilitate as much. So instead of just scrolling mind mindlessly, I keep a book around and that has helped a lot. Whether I get through three pages or 30 depends on what's going on, but it's so refreshing to get off of my phone because like I said, they need me in the room, but they don't always need me there. So it's like, 
what can I be doing? What can I be occupying my hands and my brain with? And a book has really helped. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, making a list of of things that you feel like are going to help is so beneficial. I think, like you said, maybe you don't think it's going to help them, but it's like, oh, at one point, you know, I felt like this is what I needed. So let's just try it. Right. You know, even just do it for five minutes. It. Right. Yeah. Just start it and yeah. try it. Cause that's a lot of the times with me, like working out or something, you know, I'm like, ugh, like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I start doing it. And then it's like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then before you know it, it's done. And it's like, okay, yeah, I feel better now. So kind of like push yourself a little bit and see like, and you can stop after five minutes if you're still like, nope, I don't want to do this. But once you're already kind of in it, I feel like it's easier to just finish it, like washing dishes or something like that. Like if it's just sitting there and hanging over your head, I feel like it's not going to go away. So it's kind of just, you know, yeah, start doing it, see what happens. Even if you do it for those five minutes, it's five minutes closer to being done than it was in the beginning. And then reading, I think that's a great thing to do, like, when you're just kind of sitting around and you don't want to be on your phone and things like that. But I love that you also talked about body image, because I think this time around, it has definitely been something that I'm struggling with a little bit more. I have to give myself that grace and just kind of sit with it. But I, I feel like I was in the best shape ever when like right after, not right after, but in between my first and my second. And I feel like I had gotten myself to a point where I was really happy with, you know, how I felt. I was able to move around. Like I felt like I could keep up with my toddler, you know, things were going great. I enjoyed where I was at, you know, mentally, physically, everything like that. And then it was, I got pregnant again and I knew that I had to obviously not be as intense with workouts and things like that as I was. And I knew obviously I had to grow a human inside of my body. <laughs> Casual. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> like I knew that I was going to get bigger and I knew like, you know, that was going to happen. But this time around, I'm like, am I going to be able to do it again? Like, am I going to be able to get back to where I was? And I know somewhere in my mind that that is true and it will happen if that's like where I'm going to be. And I also know obviously, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same because I have had another child, but it's, it's very daunting and it's hard to kind of get through that when, when you're used to seeing your body a certain way and then now it's gone through multiple changes and I love that you said, though, you know, is this for like my physical or, or mental health and kind of just like evaluating that and saying, like, why am I doing this? And and what is that like? But yeah, definitely this time is a harder transition than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. My my second was born February 2020. So <laughs> I went into that postpartum period like okay, I got this. I know what to do here. I'm ready to go. And unfortunately, we had a global pandemic and I am now home and 
our gym is closed and all the activities are closed and you know my husband's home from work which had its major benefits because he never would have had that time home with us before but he also is a great cook and was just cooking food the whole time we were in quarantine and I'm like so thankful because I'm nursing a newborn and taking care of a toddler and who has time but I also definitely let myself enjoy whatever he was making and let me tell you he doesn't make you know salads so (laughs) but this has been like a whole thing for me this is like you know I've had a lot of I've had a couple of guests now on the show talking about diet culture and intuitive eating and you know finding food freedom (laughs) it's like it is a whole process and I'm very much in the thick of it so it's it's not easy to talk about um, in the sense that, not that I mind talking about it, but it's not easy to talk about because I don't have full clarity on it yet. I've gotten to the point where I can eat without berating myself over what I'm eating, but I'm still so unhappy in my body. And so, you know, just two days ago, we had a company dinner. Uh, I'm in tears getting dressed because I have this you can see I'm in my closet. I have a closet full of clothes that don't fit me. And it's not just not fitting. It's like my body is so different that even when I go shopping now, my eye is drawn to what used to be my style. And that style just, I don't like how it looks on my body now. So I I feel like totally lost with it. (laughs) Like, And it's not for lack of trying, to be honest. Like I've been exercising, working out and you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, hard. I, it's hard to talk about because I'm, I'm in it. I'm like deep in it. Yeah. And when I say in it, I mean every week in therapy, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. And you had said something that kind of sparked something in my head and then I think I lost it. But <laughs> sorry, I'm like feeling long winded <laughs> no, today. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm like, what was I thinking? But yeah, I mean, going back to even just like your clothes fitting and stuff, I'm nursing right now. My boobs mm. are a lot larger than they normally are. Yeah. So like shirts fit differently, dresses fit differently. I also have to make sure I'm wearing something that I can nurse in. So I'm not like flashing everybody or showing my stomach, you know, like I don't want to like fully lift up my shirt and I have to, you know, wear the tank top and then put a flowier shirt on top. Oh, that's what I was going to say too. People have been, oh, you look so great. Oh, you're only this many weeks postpartum. Like you look so great. And some people are people that I've never even met before or have seen me like in person. So I'm like, what do you mean I look so great? What right. You don't know what I looked like before. Right. So it's just kind of like, I guess that's like a common thing that like people say to make you feel better yeah. or something like that. But to me, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how do you know I look great or, right. you know, like things like that. So it's just kind of like, and like, I'm like, I don't look how I want to look so like I don't look great so it's just like you know like battling those things yeah I think and probably when I was talking about diet culture it's like you know my my first pregnancy I was borderline insane trying to stay within the weight limits and 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 you know and and I achieved it I got a big pat on the back for it from my doctors and I mean, I'll never forget even towards the end of my pregnancy, I was getting blood drawn again for like the hundredth time, you know, and the woman doing it was like, oh my God, like 
you were definitely like the best like looking pregnant woman I've seen all day and I'm like what is that like at the time right like at the time (laughs) and this isn't an OB's office right and at the time I was like yes thank you oh my god you know I was like tell me more and now I look back on that like do you know what you were setting me up for because with my second pregnancy I gained a lot more weight And so it was going to the doctor and going, no one's going to tell me I look good. No one's going to pat me on the back. They're all going to look at me and go, hey, you got to watch that. And they did. And it was mortifying. And I understand where there's like medical concern, right? But what you're touching on of the you look great, it's like there's a level of comment that just needs to go away. Like, let's just stop commenting on women's bodies. Let's just stop commenting on pregnant women's bodies. Especially if you don't know the person, like just stop, you know, like if I'm opening up to you and we're having a conversation and I'm inviting commentary, fine. But I have to say it really messed me up. And I know that the doctors and they all have their best intentions, but like, you're the best looking pregnant woman I've seen all day. Like what is <laughs> so messed up? Yeah. I think it's just like one of those things where you ask like, why am I saying this? Or why is somebody saying this? Like, what is the purpose behind it? And like you said, like we just need to kind of, you know, reform questions or how we talk. And, and I think, you know, opening up the conversation and really kind of saying like, why are we saying these things? Like, why is this common conversation for pregnant people or postpartum people like why is this what we ask them yeah or Or, say to them yeah or like those um I you know anytime it didn't happen as much with my second but when I had my first as soon as I had the baby it was like I don't know about you but my Instagram DMs were flooded with people I either didn't know or hadn't talked to in 20 years being like, hey, I have this shake system for you to get your body back or I have this workout plan for you to get back in shape. It's like, dude, I just gave birth. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of pressure. And I, I know now that I a lot of that pressure comes from me. But what I'm learning is how ingrained diet culture is from the time we're, you know, three, four years old. It starts, the messaging starts, particularly for anyone who identifies as a woman, because thin is better, thin is more valued than thin. And it's, yeah, it's not right. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of kind of reality TV show on maternity leave and things Mm -hmm. like that. And there's uh, right now the one that I'm watching, there's twins. And they referred to them as the skinny one and the fat one. And I was like, (gasps) oh, my gosh. Like, they're they're identical twins. They literally look so, so similar. And I'm like, how in the world? Like, is that how you're going to decipher who's who? And it's just, it's little things like that that, like, it cut deep yeah right I'm like I would hate to be I mean like either one of them like you don't want to be like the oh that one's like really thin or like that one's fat like you don't want to be like determined as as either of those or know that like that's how you know you're being distinguished against yeah yeah Yeah. I I'm (laughs) this isn't postpartum but I remember in 
one year in college, I really was, I mean, I was the smallest I'd ever been. And I came home for a Thanksgiving break and I was so proud to go to like my hometown bar and show off what I like deemed as my like new improved body. Right. And I was there with my best friend who's always been tinier than I am. Always. She's just petite. And the bouncers who we knew you know, we're trying to, this is the end of the night. They're trying to get us to leave, right? We wanted to stay. And he, I'll never forget this. Even three sheets to the wind. I heard it and I internalized it. He looked at the other bouncer and was like, all right, we got to get them out of here. He's like, you take the little one. I'll take the big one. And I just looked at him. I was like, excuse me. And he was like, oh, I don't mean anything by it. I just, you know, she's smaller than you are. And I was like, in my head, I'm going, I just killed myself for the whole entire first semester to come back here to be rewarded for being thin and you just called me the big one and and like oh my god it set me off <laughs> but these are the things that we internalize and make for me at least a lasting impression right. and a lasting impact. and that comment is going to stick with you like even if you didn't say I'm like I'm talking about it now or anything right yeah, like, I'm 33 years old yeah. married with two kids and I just told that story still remember it <laughs> right like right. still remember those comments like can still like I mean I remember in elementary school I was bigger than a lot of kids and it was just something that like I couldn't control like I was a kid like yeah like I didn't eat healthy and things like that I wasn't like doing sports or whatnot but like it didn't really matter to me until I started to hear those comments and hear people say stuff and yeah maybe I need it for my health like to be in shape or eat better or things like that but like you know I think that's somebody's journey that they have to like go through and when we make those comments and and things like that like that will stick with you those are the things that like you remember and and really kind of linger yeah yeah it would probably blow his mind to know that I just told that story (laughs) 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 I'm working on it Mm -hmm. I'm working on it (laughs) but you know do you have any other final kind of insight or or things that you wish you would have known initially postpartum or or just in general entering motherhood and your journey what you know now and what you kind of wish your past self would have been more uh, aware of yeah I think I think you know the the big one is that asking for help getting help and and first and foremost acknowledging that you need help as a new mom is not a reflection of who you are as a person or a mom. You can still be strong. You can still be, you know, loving and worthy. You need help. It's an entire human. And help is okay. And um, I didn't know that. So (laughs) take one from me. Um, And the other thing is that with my second it became very obvious to me because I was working with a therapist at that point and I we were in the middle of the pandemic that I was dealing with depression. And it's only in hindsight now that I recognize the depression and the anxiety that I experienced the first time. And so what I share now is that if you're really struggling, it's not just the way it is. 
you know, I remember being very tired, obviously, and very unhappy and crying a lot and the whole thing. And just sort of getting that feeling from everyone around me, like, yeah, that's how motherhood is. That's how the fourth trimester is. And you know what? I can recognize now that there was another layer to my suffering that isn't how it is. Yes, you have a new baby. And yes, you're going to be up around the clock and you're going to be tired. And sleep deprivation is no joke. It is the worst thing I think I've ever experienced. Worse than depression. I'd rather be depressed than have sleep deprivation. But, you know, there's a level. There's nuances to be aware of. You know, for me, I, I, like I had a baby for the first time and I didn't leave the house for like four months. Not kidding. Like that's not, no, we should be leaving the house. And then with my second, that depression, that feeling like anything that used to bring me joy, I just didn't care for. The feeling of not being able to get out of bed. And when I did, it's like I had to have a good cry first. Um, I think the misconception about depression, even though I just said I would cry, is that you feel sad all the time. And a lot of times you just feel nothing. Just feel like a a numbness. And you're going to have waves with motherhood. You're going to have waves with your hormones, all of that. But there's a difference. And 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 to to educate yourself, to educate, I think more importantly, your support system so they know what to look for. And then really advocate for yourself if you're getting just sort of pushed away from the doctor and whatever, because, right, you get that checklist. Oh, are you depressed? No. Great. Bye. You know, and really being vocal um, in, in caring for yourself and, and asking for what you need. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about this all day. Because I know. I think, <laughs> I think there's so many layers yeah. of it. And, you know, mental health is something that a lot of people don't talk about. And a lot of the time our transition into motherhood needs to be revolving around our mental health just as much as you know anything else and the growth of our child and stuff you know there's the growth of us and I think you know we need to be talking about it more like you said educating ourselves about it more and you know I think it's just such an amazing topic that there's there's just so much to really dig up and uncover about it. So where can we find your podcast and where are you at on social media and everything like that? If we want to really, you know, listen to these episodes yeah, and, dig in. and hear more. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say every episode essentially turns into a therapy session or a coaching session for me. Like, I, I mean, yeah, to a point, right? I try to keep it, you know, relatable, but I think the beauty of everything we're saying is that we have a lot of shared experiences among us. So hopefully you will find my story relatable. But I am, my podcast is called Sass Says. It's available on all the major platforms. My website is sassays.com. I'm mainly on Instagram and TikTok at sassays. And um, I have a free self-care challenge that I offer on my website. It's sasses.com slash care. Basically, it's not a pressure challenge. It's just a challenge for yourself. Um, but mainly, I just give all, all but maybe one or two free ways of self-care to add to your life, You know, whether you have five minutes, 10 minutes, or 15 minutes. So they're really easy, doable. I challenge you to pick one a day for five days. And um, yeah, you can find that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and really just talking to us. Thank you. And we'll we'll get to do the reverse of this yes. later this week so your yes. listeners can look out for that as well. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And like Christy said, we did the reverse when she interviewed me for her podcast. And you can check out that on episode 56 of the Sass Says Podcast. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.